Hey, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining me. This is Nicole. This is Live Love Books, Manifesting the Life Unlimited. Thanks for joining me for the show today. I have a guest. It's my second guest. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Zabuse Kunene from In Kazamulu Coaching. So how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic and I'm excited to be here. Um, and I've been listening to your podcast as well. Oh, awesome. um, they, they're quite interesting and uh, there's a lot to learn. And I hope I contribute to the body of knowledge that, is, that you're generating. Okay, I'm happy to have you. I've been following you on Twitter. We follow each other on Twitter. And the posts that you put up are very interesting, very interesting perspective that you have about life. And I figured you'd be a great guest. So why don't you tell the audience about yourself, about your coaching practice. Tell us who you are. Right. Um, I am a father of two children, a daughter, Oetu, and a son, Zibu Siso. So Oetu meaning ours, and Zibu Siso, it's blessings. So there's blessing and then there's blessings in plural. So that's their names. They are both 10 years apart. One born, the daughter is born in, on June 16th, and my son is born um, June 13th exactly 10 years apart. So that's kind of like the divinity in them. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a passionate uh, person and I'm quite optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm what you call an, an eternal optimist. Um, I'm forever seeing the, side, the positive side of life. Okay. In 2017, I did a coaching diploma with Coach Companion. Now, Coach Companion was founded in Sweden by now the late Christina Lagnelius, and uh, it was brought to South Africa by Dr. Maureen Dong. And then I did the coaching there, and then I got my diploma. But I kind of took the, the coaching and put it aside. Um, and then with the blessings of COVID-19 and the lockdown, okay. things just sort of happened because yeah yeah i was working at home um and then now i really had to zoom in and focus on on the things that i have on the passions that i have and and i zoomed into the coaching um i'm coaching currently about five young people they are awesome individuals full of talent full of life and it's it, it, it's an awe and wonder to see them grow and, and come out from within themselves because I don't believe in, in taking something and putting it in someone. Mm-hmm. So it's all about calling out the best that is in them. As much as I would love to give my opinions, my views about the world, I cannot do that because right. then they become a copy of myself. I like how the, um, the, the prof Khalil Gibran puts it. He says, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life longing for yourself. Yes. And then he goes on to say that life tarries forward, but not backwards. So I must not seek to make my children like me, but I must seek to be like them. So even yeah. when I'm coaching, um, I, I, I should not seek to make my coaches like me, but I need to learn from them, but look at them as, as the experts um, and bring the best out of them. 
So that, that, that's been one of the things that I, I do. And then in June, an exciting thing happened. Um, a, a friend and I started what we call conversations with uh, friends. Mm-hmm. Now conversations with friends is, is, is amazing. Okay. There's a story behind it, which I'm not going to go too much into it. But the, the, the story is of two men who had never communicated before, but they had a common person who was the wife. So my friend's wife is, is, is the one who connected us. Okay. Because I've friends with her for the longest time. So when I had an idea, the idea was basically to say, hey, these days we see a lot of men being intimidated by strong women. You know? mm-hmm. So how do we encourage and empower other men to love and appreciate strong women in their lives and not be afraid to approach a strong woman and say, I love you and I want to be in a relationship but more than that, to say, I, as a man, I do have something to give beyond the finances. So when I pitched the idea to my friend, Songoba, um, that I want to speak to her husband, um, she said, okay, I'll run it by him. The husband immediately said, yes. We started it. Um, we, we basically had a week to conceptualize the show. And then we started it on the Instagram Live. It, it, we've been having so much good feedback, but the most important feedback has been that it is empowering the men. And the, the other effect of it, which, is, which was an unintended one, is that even women are taking the tips that we're giving there and they're using them for themselves. Okay. So it's affecting a lot of people. So this week, which was uh, last night on Wednesday, we did our first session on Facebook Live. And even then, the, the, the feedback and the testimonies are just awesome. So oh, I looking, like it. We're looking forward to a period of growth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what are some of the subjects you guys talk about? So our first session was on, um, on, on, on loving a strong woman. Okay. What, what is it that as a man you need to love a strong woman. But necessarily, you don't necessarily need to see her as a strong woman. You just need to see yourself as a person who is whole, who is complete, who has something to give into a relationship. Okay. And when you see that, then you need to have a plan of what is it that you want out of the relationship? Is it long-term, is it short-term? And then you communicate that before you even go too far. So that there are no hidden agendas, there are no hidden expectations. So things go on smoothly. But then as we were engaging in that conversation, another topic came up about healing. Okay. That you cannot love when you are broken. That you cannot love or you cannot give from an empty cup. Yeah. So that led to our next conversation, which was then on healing. And, and the conversation on the healing flowed into the following week where now we really had to look into, but what does it take for someone to heal? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the things that you would need to do? Can you isolate yourself from the world, isolate yourself from relationships in order to focus on healing? And we realized that actually you can't. You have two choices though. 
you can sort of put yourself out and say, okay, yes, I'm available. I can still date. But hey, if, if Nicole and I are going to date, Nicole needs to know that I've, I've got baggage. Mm-hmm. I've got things that have hurt me in the past. And those things will come up in our interaction. Um, you will do something that will cause me to respond in a, in a, in a different way. And it's not because it's you, it's because I haven't healed. You will do some things that will remind me of my past and it's because I haven't healed completely. But once I start healing and we work together on our journeys of healing, because no two people come together in a relationship whole, right. we just need to work together towards the journey of healing. And then when we're discussing healing, another topic came up. Um, and that was triggers. What triggers me to respond in a particular way? So we, we then had that topic coming up last week and there, there, there was a very interesting concept that came out of bungee jumping. So we had Dr. Hanan Bushkin. He, he is a professional in that field, but also was a man. So the conversations... A conversation with conversations with friends, but they are actually conversations for men. Okay. So when he came on, he he gave us the analogy of bungee jumping. And and he preceded that analogy by saying, You actually can't control your emotions. You can't control your behavior, right? Uh, no, no, no. He said you can't control your emotions, you can't control your reaction but you can control your behavior. So it's like going bungee jumping. You go bungee jumping the first time, there's a certain response that comes out of that. Okay. And, and you go on the second time. So you keep going and each time you try and control or work on the behavior after you've gone uh, down the rope or down the valley into the jumping. So that, that, that for me was the biggest takeaway. And, and the other one was when, when you've always been traveling in this path of life and when you meet challenges, you turn right. Right. You choose a particular default direction. So eventually what you will need to do in order to change is to make the conscious decision to say, now I'm going to choose to turn left. Right. So every time choose left choose left and alter the course of the reaction. And, and then last night in our show, we, we, we did a reflection then of the past week's conversation. And one thing that came up is um, we, we have to have a communicated, a, we have to have expectations, right? That we communicate. So Nicole and I are here now doing a podcast together excited but i can't sit and say it's a once-off and nicole on the other side is saying we are going to come back and do this again and you on the other side are sitting there with expectations that i will ask when are we doing it again whereas i'm sitting thinking it was a once-off right so how do we communicate those expectations up front we put them on the table and then we say these are my expectations. These are your expectations. Okay, do we agree? Do I accept? Do I understand? That's another important thing. 
do I understand what you expect of me? Right. And, and when I understand and I still don't fulfill your expectations, after agreeing and saying that I do understand, it means I don't appreciate you. It means I don't actually value you as a person. Right. So what's the point of us going anyway? Right. So it's, it's those kind of conversations that, are, that we want to take forward and help men. And indirectly, we too ourselves are also learning as we go along, as we share these conversations, because there are people who comment, there are people who would ask questions, and we learn mm-hmm. as we go along. Mm-hmm. So that's been a phenomenal journey. No, it sounds interesting. I'm going to check it out after we're done here because it sounds very interesting. Going back to what you're saying about expectations, I, I just yes. find that people communicate um, based off of what they want, you know, what they want out of an experience. And sometimes they don't really care what the other person wants, you know, it's like they just want to have this, this expectation, this experience, and they don't really look at how the other person factors into it. And yeah. what I'm, what I'd like to figure out, I guess, is how is it that you get to the meat and the potatoes so that, you know, one person is not using another person, you know, just to meet their own expectations with no concern. I mean, how do you find that out from the door so you know you can cut that relationship out and, and you don't even have to worry about getting hurt or go into it? Open yourself to being vulnerable with someone who is not going to provide you with what you're expecting anyway, you know? I think what's important, Nicole, from, from the get-go is to say not all of us go into, the, into relationships with the same objective. Right. Not all of us want the same things out of relationships. I can go into, into a relationship because I'm lonely. I can go into a relationship because I've heard it from church that I can't have sex outside of marriage. And so I want to get married so that I can enjoy the sex. And many relations and, and, and there are a whole, whole, whole host of other reasons that mm-hmm. people get relationships and therefore they don't communicate their expectations i for one did not communicate my expectations when i went into the relationship with my wife who's you know where now we have a child and we built a family together but there's always a time to sort of do a reset so if you're already in a relationship and you've never communicated your expectations from the other person and, and also extracted the other person's expectations of you, then probably there's a time for that and we need to do that. And, and back to what you were asking then, when someone is saying, I, I want to receive gifts on, on New Year's or New Year's mm-hmm. Day, I want to be treated on Valentine's Day, my birthday, whatever, and it's all about me, 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 me. Then it's that moment where you kind of take a step back and say, okay, where do I feature in this? Am I just the one who's going to be giving, 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 giving? Yes, love is a giver. So when two people are in a relationship and they are both lovers, right? The one would give and the other would give. So there would be no expectation of reciprocity. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a relationship and I feel that I'm always the one giving, then the other person is only there for themselves. 
probably I need to reevaluate. But before I do that, I need to sit down with the person and say, well, honey, sweetie, lovey, I love you. There's things that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. I feel, and, and that's another important thing, owning your feelings, owning your own experiences and say, I feel that I'm the one who's always giving. I feel that you are always just receiving and, and there's no reciprocity in this relationship. I don't know if you are in love or you love me. And I don't know how, where we are in this relationship or where we're going. How about we sit down and just flesh that out? Mm -hmm. Because it's also important that coming off from that conversation, if the decision is then to move forward without each other, we need to be sober. Sober meaning I must not see my ex-partner the next day or in two weeks or in two months' time and, and still feel some resentment towards mm -hmm. them. So I need to resolve my emotions with the person I'm in a relationship with and say, well, things are not working out, but I forgive you. I'm sorry. You know, we go through that process of accepting each other and communicating how we fail each other. Right. And, and accept that and forgive ourselves first and then forgive the other person and then allow ourselves the space to move on. Right. So, I mean, I mentioned to you before the show that I have five kids and I'm divorced, but it's taken me like five years to heal from the divorce, you know? <laughs> so so yeah. to get to the point where I can communicate with my ex-husband now and there isn't any resentment and there isn't any, you know, I mean, we still have little issues because we still parent, you know, but yes. I, you know, the, the expectations for our, our initial relationship, because we known each other for, Oh goodness, like 20 years. And then, you know, then we got married and then it just didn't work out. But you know, the expectations that he had and that I had, I mean, I'm still like fleshing through that even after the relationship of, okay, you know, just to communicate from a parenting perspective with him to learn how to communicate so that he understands me and to be able to understand where he's coming from. And I definitely had to forgive him a, a lot just to be able to be in the same room with him. So, but I, I mean, I understand that, like I'm learning and it's, it's funny. It's like, I wish a lot of times before I got married, even before I'd gotten involved, I had some sort of counseling or some sort of coaching or something to help me. Because I, I mean, I the, the types of experiences that you go through in a relationship, I don't think, I mean, I don't know over in where I am, I don't think people are prepared for them. Even like with some of the people that I work with, you know, they want to be in relationships, but they really don't know what they want. Like they really don't know how to be in a relationship. They they kind of have these idealized views that I think they get from television and, you know, fairy tales and whatnot. But uh, the real like communication, like you were mentioning that those aspects of it, people really fall short. They don't, they, there needs to be a training program before you get married <laughs> so, so that you can learn yes. this stuff. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you there totally. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you know, the most important thing is, starting from, let's say, the point of uh, divorce. So what I also didn't share earlier is that 
my my daughter is from a previous relationship mm-hmm. and my son then is from this current relationship in the marriage and my daughter's mother and I took some time before we could actually come to a point where we can be civil with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they, 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 they had always been some kind of animosity happening in the background. But also, it took me taking a step back and saying, I need to see things from her point of view. If, if there's something that she expects of me to do, why is she expecting me to do that? Mm-hmm. But also, the, the most important thing that I've learned is when, when you have expectations, right, and there are certain things you want them done in a particular way and the other person also has similar expectations. Once the other person doesn't fulfill your expectations, it, it doesn't help you to get all worked up about it. Mm-hmm. Or when, when, when they come at you with that argumentative attitude and they, they are fighting and they're doing whatever it is that they're doing, it takes, I think, a special mental capacity to say, this is not about me. Mm-hmm. This is definitely not about me. This person is going through something. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I am not going to engage them at the level where they are at. Mm-hmm. I will engage them from a different perspective. I'm simply, when they're going high, I'm going to go low. Right. So that we can at least get to something. Because at the end of the day, when you are bound together through a child or through children, that's a permanent relationship mm-hmm. that you have. And, and whether we like it or not, in our children, that's where we became one mm-hmm. with the other person. And if, if I'm angry at the mother of my child, I might as well be angry at my child. Right. Because the, the, the DNA and everything else is in my child mm-hmm. or our child. So... It's, it's all of those things that we need to resolve our own emotions first. But also admit, as you've said, that it took you five years to, to heal from, from the pain and everything else that happened. Not, there is no prescription of how long healing takes place. True. You know? Um, but the most important thing about healing is you must be aware of how you are feeling. Mm-hmm. And own and admit that I, I have fallen short this time around, the bungee jumping analogy. I'll go back again into the same situation, but now I'll try to be aware of my behavior and my emotion right. while all of this is happening. So that I don't get to a point where I keep bungee jumping on the same spots over and over and over, but nothing happens. Right. I still react the same way. And, and there's another beautiful um, kind of explanation, analogy that happens. They, that one, somebody once shared, and um, she's, a, she's also a coach. She said to us, she once asked a client who was narrating an experience to her, and she stopped the client. She said, just tell me, 
are you finding yourself responding or reacting whenever mm. something happens? Because there's a difference. Right. When doctors give you medication, they are looking, are you responding or reacting? If you are reacting, then they have to change what they've been giving you. But if you are responding, and that is positive, so that means they need to continue with the treatment. So if we're always reacting to things that are happening, then we need to check ourselves and change the stimuli that's coming. Mm-hmm. But if we are responding, then it's an affirmation for us to move higher, to grow and go forward. Right. Yes. That's a good point. Responding versus reacting. So yes. let's, let's uh, bring this around to law of attraction, right? So how do you feel, based off of what we were just talking about, how do you feel that manifestation, manifesting relationships, love, manifesting interactions, how do you think that plays into it? Because there's several different perspectives on manifesting love and the law of attraction and, you know, how you are supposed to be. How do you feel about it? How do you feel it plays into that whole dynamic? Um, I'm going to preface my response this way. There's a book called It Didn't Start With You. Okay. Um, I forgot who the author is, but it's, it's an amazing book. So what that book does, it, it, it kind of gives us an insight that how we are responding to things and what we are doing or things that we tend to do without understanding hmm. uh, where those things come from. Can th- are things that are from our past. So one example, my, let's say my, um, my ex, who's the mother of my uh, daughter, and myself, we, can't, we separated when in 2011. And when we separated, we fought. So at the age where she and I separated, it's, it can happen that my daughter or my grandchildren or my daughter's probably third and fourth generation may find themselves wanting to sabotage their own relationship hmm. and they don't understand why. Okay. So they, are mani- they will manifest what had happened previously and it was not dealt with. So manifestation and the law of attraction are very interesting laws of nature, which are, are, we, we, we don't understand. Mm-hmm. We, we want to think that we, we are immune from them. Mm-hmm. We want to think they are this kind of concept that is out there, but it, we manifest things every day. Okay. So if my father was not good in relationships, and he hopped in different relationships, I will manifest the same behavior okay. unless I take control of it. Um, if my father was a faithful man, um, but with other tendencies, and I haven't made the decision to resolve my relationship with my father, and I admire the things that he did. So I'm attracting what he did in his life. Okay. And I will attract it into my life. 
and I will find myself gravitating towards the things that he's always been doing. Okay. Right? Now, let me bring it also home. Let me bring it home as well. I remember one of our first engagements on Twitter. We, we were talking about something. I can't remember the conversation exactly. But what I had kind of hoped and wanted to happen was for us to engage okay. in, 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 in this kind of platform. And little did I know that I was putting it out there. Right. Into the world. And I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And I just let it be. And, and, and that's the beauty of, of, of life. That's the beauty of the law of attraction and, and manifesting what we desire out of life. Is that we will have a desire and then we will, we will communicate it whether out loud or within ourselves. Mm-hmm. But do we know that we, we are kind of praying for that. And the deeper the desires, I don't know if you've realized it, the deeper the desire, you communicate it there and then, and then you let it be, right. then time passes by. When you've long forgotten about a desire that you expressed, it then manifests in your life. Right. Right? In, in relationships... Um, so even let's, let, let's take, come back to your example again. I'll also share my own. Um, in relationships, when, when we sabotage our own relationships, no matter how good they are, it's because we are manifesting something that we don't understand. Okay. Um, we, we get into a relationship and we feel Okay, it's going good. There's nothing wrong, but I just don't want to be in it. Right. We can't contextualize it. And we somehow, from that point, would want to sabotage it. And, and that's the thing with the law of attraction and manifestation, that whatever it is that you put out there onto the world, it will manifest, good or bad. Right. But what we don't realize is we also have the power to manifest the positive things from life. So when it comes to love, life, and relationships, yeah, this is where I can share then my own personal experience. Okay. I remember there was around 2001, 2002, I, I had this concept or this idea that I wanted a relationship that is in a particular way. I wanted this out of the relationship. I wanted my partner to be like this. I wanted that. Like I had conceptualized my ideal relationship. And I Mm -hmm. put it out there Mm -hmm. and I let it go. As time went on, I got into a relationship and because all that I had wanted were things that were emanating from myself, from within. So one of the things was, I want to love a woman, excuse me, I want to love a woman so much that other women feel jealous. Mm -hmm. So when I got into a relationship, I was in the mode of, I want to give the best of me to Mm -hmm. you, to this person. And I did that. And, and, And then it was affirmed by those around us of how the relationship was, of how good it was. 
little did I realize then that I manifested it. And it was long before I understood the law of attraction and manifestation. And then fast forward, 2011, I'd gone through a breakup and I was having this conversation. And the conversation went thus, if I will put it this way, it was a conversation between God and myself. Mm-hmm. Where God was saying, if I had to give you an opportunity to create a person that you will spend the rest of your life with, how would she look like? And then I went through this checklist in my head, this, that, this, that. I listened. And then when I got to the end, I was like, Ish, but you know what? I may not enjoy it because it will be too perfect for me. Too perfect, yes. <laughs> or too perfect to me. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, let me simplify it then. I want somebody who will love me. And then I remember, oh, no. If she loves me, I may not love her. Then I'm stuck with somebody who loves me and I don't love them. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want somebody I will love. Again, if I love her and she doesn't love me, then it won't work. So I eventually said, you know what, God? You give me what is best for me. Mm-hmm. So he knew what was best for me. And it took two years. And the, and the person who was best for me came into my life. And I don't know if you've seen it, when a truck is going downhill mm-hmm. and it, it has lost its brakes and it's traveling at high speed, you can't stop it. Right. So there I was going downhill into this relationship with a woman at then I, I wasn't feeling so excited about. Okay. But okay. I couldn't stop it at the same time. And at the same time, there was nothing wrong about it. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying it, but I, did, I couldn't stop it. And, and so I found myself going into a relationship that was best for me, a relationship that I would not have chosen for myself, mm-hmm. but it was good for me. So it then comes back to this thing of saying, not everything that is good is good for you. Right. So we, we manifest both good and negative that with that we we harbor within ourselves okay i want to go back to something you said in your previous example